Welcome back to Commerce 3.0. My name is Chris Daly. I am the founder of a company called I Want That. Uh, today, we are going to talk about a topic that is near and dear to my heart, and it is called botna. Uh, the first time I heard this term botna uh, was in graduate school um, many, many years before most of you were alive, um, where they taught us about negotiation. Uh, botna is the best alternative to a negotiated agreement. Um, and it really talks about the mechanics of how to negotiate uh, pricing, how do you negotiate you know, for the things that you want. Um, you know, so we're going to talk a little bit more detail today about botna and why it's important in e-commerce. Uh, we're going to start with a little bit of a story to give you some background and maybe some perspective. Um, you know, a few years ago, uh, my wife and I had decided that we were going to unload our child mover. Uh, yes, we, we were a minivan family. It was not a fun thing. It wasn't even a mini. It was pretty good size. Um, anyways, you know, we, uh, we decided that, uh, my wife wanted to look for a, a certain kind of vehicle and we had a dealer that we had been purchasing our vehicles from, um, that was like three blocks from our house. We'd been purchasing our vehicles from them for 20 years, uh, but they had recently moved to the West side of town. So, you know, we got our cars about 20, 25 mile drive out to their new dealership. Um, you know, so we walk in, we look around, uh, my wife finds the car that she wants. She likes it. She's adding features and stuff on it. Guy comes out and says, hey, you know, you know, what brings you here today? She said, my wife says, hey, you know, we saw that you had an exchange program that you, you know, were given $5,000 for, you know, this vehicle in particular. Uh, we went to turn this in and, uh, you know, buy a new vehicle today. And the guy looks at it and goes, well, can you tell me about the, the car? He's like, yeah, it's a 2006, you know, minivan. And the guy's like, oh, we only accept 2007 and up. So now my wife is Italian. So if you know, you know, um, she was hot like that. And so she turned around on her heel and out we went. Um, and so, you know, we were driving home and I said, well, if you really want this, let's just go to another dealership and see what we can find. Um, you know, it wasn't a good experience and we weren't sure why on earth, you know, a person wouldn't even talk to us about it. Um, so, so we drove another 25 miles to yet another dealership that's not close to our house. Um, we walk in, uh, Wife's looking around, a guy walks up to us and says, you know, what, did you, what brings you here today? And she says, hey, you know, we went to this other dealership. They had advertised, you know, $5,000, you know, exchange for this vehicle. We got there. They said it's only for 2007, ours is 2006. And they said, no. He's like, oh, that, that sucks. And I'm like, well, we're, gonna, we're looking at this and, you know, we'll take a look. He goes, well, let me come back in a couple of minutes and we'll see what you need to just look around the showroom. So of course my wife gets in the vehicle. She wants something where she sits up high. She doesn't like sitting down low in a car. So it's like an SUV. Um, she finds what she wants. A uh, guy comes back and he says, I'll tell you what, you know, if you'll work with us today um, or by today or sometime this week, just completed this week, we'll honor their deal. Now that deal was specific to the other dealer. So there was no, you know, $5,000 deal swap coming from this dealer they were going to honor the other deal. So of course we sat down, uh, you never pay MSRP when you're buying a vehicle. So we are doing our negotiation, trying to get what we want. Um, and then some protections and stuff. When you get into these cars that have all the electronics now, most people say, don't buy those protections. It might be better because ours failed like three weeks after we got it. It, it was like freaking out. But anyways, so we negotiate with this guy, uh, shake his hand and he said, well, so what did you think about the experience here today? And because we pride ourselves on that. I said, I'll be honest with you. The other guy didn't even bother to ask us if we had $35,000 check in our pocket because we did. And he didn't even mention it. So his botna was basically 
sorry, I'm not going to honor that deal because you're off by a year with the model of your car, um, you know, tough beans. So we went someplace else. So for 20 years, you know, we have a lifetime value. We've had five cars, I believe, through that, that dealership. Uh, it's over. We've now moved it to a new dealership because they would negotiate with us. And so does that work out for them? You know, well, when you sold us a car that uh, was a pretty good sized car, um, two, all of our maintenance is going through there. Any repairs that we're having done, you know, we live in a big city. There's repairs that happen all the time. Trust me. Uh, nobody in this city can drive. It's like watching the Jetsons. They can fly right by you. Uh, so anyways, uh, long story short is this company, you know, dealer A had a botna that was, you know, the best alternative to negotiated agreement was we don't care. You're gone. And the other one said, hey, you know, we're going to. We want you to come back and you're going to be in the market for another car. You've got kids that are coming up that are going to be in the market for a car. We're like, yes and yes. And so what ended up happening is because this person wouldn't even really talk to us, I don't know, a rookie salesperson, I don't know. I think the guy that we normally talk to was not there because I'm sure he would have been upset that we left. Um, now we've switched over to this new this new dealership, right? So a bot is what what is the best alternative? You know, you had an alternative. You could have said, you know what, we're going to suck it up. It's a year off, but we're going to suck it up. Car's in good shape. We're just going to accept it and we'll give the deal. What happens there is you get another $35,000 purchase, another four or $5,000 in maintenance and, and service fees over the course of the next several years, you've extended my LTV. Instead, what you did was you said, tough beans, didn't bother to ask if we had $35,000 in our pocket and out we go, right? And the reason why I'm bringing this story up is because that is exactly what is happening in e-commerce today. You have customers that come to your site. You have customers who bounce off of a product page. You have customers who add stuff to a cart, abandon that cart to the tune of what? 65% bounce rate in certain categories, up to 75 and 80% in other categories. Bounce rate is huge. And a lot of times they'll say, well, they bounced because the page wasn't fast or this didn't load. And yeah, there's a bunch of crap out there. But the one that is you know, sentient in our mind or the most relevant in our mind is that 25% of the people surveyed said that it was because of price. You didn't negotiate with them, right? And so they left. So then you spent time putting them into remarketing and chasing them down with all sorts of ads in Google, Facebook, or wherever you want to put those ads at. You're emailing them if you're lucky enough to have it to try and get them to bounce back. And sometimes that does work. Um, you know, you'll send an email back saying, hey, you forgot your cart. Oh yeah, I was busy and off I come. But those 25% who bounced because of price those people are waiting for an offer. So your very first offer is going to be what? Just like everybody else, 10% off. It seems like the standard anymore. Um, there are generations of people, they're called millennials and Gen Z. They're so accustomed to this that they automatically just abandon their hearts waiting for the discount. They know it's coming. So they do it on purpose. And it's kind of funny. There was a LinkedIn thread and I was just laughing going, <laughs> yeah, I've done it too. So, you know, people know you've trained them on that, but it's not that you're training them on discounts. You're training them on finding value. They know that you're not going to negotiate, but it's a one-way negotiation. Here's what I'm willing to give you. So now imagine what happened when that dealer two or dealer B, well, I don't know if it was A or B, dealer B will say, uh, dealt with us. You got my business and I've been back there eight, nine times since then, right? So we go back there frequently. They know us when we come in, et cetera. Which one do you think is going to shop with a merchant? The merchant who will negotiate with their customers or the one who says, here's what I'm willing to offer. And if you don't like it, tough beans. Dealer A is now short a customer that was there for 20 years. 
you said your LTV isn't worth it to me anymore. Even though you have two kids coming up that need cars, you're going to be replacing your cars at least one or two more times before you're tired and you're done. That was a big mistake, right? So one, there's a, this lack of understanding of who we are when we walked in the door, which was probably a problem for them. Uh, two, it was just the culture of what you're doing. The way that you look at it was, hey, you didn't meet my needs on this program that we have. We're going to save ourselves you know, five grand and see if we can't get you to spend it for a car anyways. Now, you were hot right there. You sent that thing to us knowing the model that we bought from you. <laughs> so, yeah, wife was hot. She just don't make my wife. She's a pits that way. It's not good. Um, so, anyway, it's the moral to the story is when you sit down and think about what you're doing in e-commerce today, what is your botna? You know, there's $2 trillion in abandoned shopping carts. 25% of those uh, are estimated to be because of price. You know, people say, well, I'm protecting my margin. If I get discounts, I'm going to lose my margin. No, you're not. You've got... You've got discounts baked into your price already. If you don't, you're pricing wrong. So you should be baking discounts into your price. You start with your cost. You add in what margin you want to retain. You add in discounts and allowances and some shrink and off you go. There's your price, right? You have an IMU pricing that already has discounts in there. But because you let them bounce, you roll the dice. You roll the dice and you say, I'm going to run remarketing. I'm going to get some of this back. Well, your remarketing efforts might get what? Two, three, four percent of them back maybe out of 65%. Two thirds of the business that comes to your site bounces and goes away after they've added something to a cart. That's an enormous number. When you figure out that your business could be that much larger. And the question then becomes, what is your botna? Are you okay with zero? Well, the gross margin on zero, the last time I checked was still zero. You can have a 55% margin rate, but when there's no revenue, it's still zero. So the ability to negotiate with customers at scale is in the interest of everybody, really. The reason why we got away from this was somewhere in the last hundred or so years as we started building, you know, large commercialized supermarkets and things like that. You got trained to come in and say, here's the price, take it or leave it. Didn't used to be that way. We used to have a culture where things were negotiable. If you go way back into ancient Egypt and everything else, nobody walked up, you know, to the guy who got off the Nile and brought his stuff over to his little store and said, hey, you can get a shopping cart over there. No, you brought your own cart with you. It was called a bag or a basket. Put what you wanted in the basket, you negotiated the price, and off you went home, right? So that was how it's been for a long time. We've decided to shift that paradigm. And in shifting that paradigm, it's basically, you're going to get what I'm going to give you. And if you don't like it, I don't care. That's not going to grow a very big business, right? Your ability to negotiate with people and to deal with people when they come back to your business in the parameters that you set, you set the parameters that say, I'm not going to deal below my gross margin target. So if my gross margin target is, you know, 55, 60%, I may have 10, 20, 30 bucks that I can give up, which could be anywhere from 10% to 25% off. If they're willing to ask for it, I'm willing to give it to hit my margin numbers. If you know those things and you can plan those things, you can drop your bounce rates because people go add a product to a cart and then bounce away. You can use exit intent to say, hey, make us an offer for that. Instead of saying, let me give you 10% off. Or they're like, I don't think so. I'm going to get that or better in my you know, remarketing emails. So you have to start looking at commerce as a not a one-way trip. Most people look at it that way today. It's like, I'm going to put some stuff on this. I'm going to put it on a marketplace. I'm going to put it you know, in social 
you buy what I want at the price that I want. And then if I decide that I want to give you a discount, then you should be grateful for the fact that I gave you a discount and that you bought from me, which is very, very one-sided way to look at things, right? Your, your goal. And when you built this was that you were trying to help people live a certain lifestyle, that lifestyle doesn't necessarily include paying the price that you want them to pay. It includes paying the price that they want to pay, right? So there's an old adage that value is a function of price, quality, and service. Probably not necessarily in that order, but close enough. Uh, you know, the price of a product, the quality of the product, and the service that comes with it is what connotates to value to a consumer. And if the service is such that it's so one way, you're going to get this fee if you don't like it, tough beans. We're going to have an extra shipping fee if you don't like it, tough beans. If you have, we're going to have this fee, we're going to fee you, we're going to put up, you know, our price up here, we're not going to discount. How does that make you feel? How does it make us feel when we walked over to dealer B? Was it B? I keep saying it one or two. Dealer B, we're going to call it dealer B. We go to dealer B and they treated us like we were customers that they valued. Do you treat your customers like they're valued when they're on your website? No, not until after they can drink. Uh, convert with you on their website, do you treat them like a customer, right? So until then, it's just like, eh. so imagine somebody walking into your store, and this happens all the time in bricks and mortar retail too. They walk in the store, they see, yeah, I like those shoes, but $175 for a pair of running shoes seems a bit much, and uh, you know, they're gonna walk out. So you let them walk out. Now they would have paid 125 or 150 for it. The 175 was just right outside where they wanted to be. You didn't ask, right? And if you don't ask, it's not gonna happen. Then you say, well, there's no infrastructure for us to ask. And if we're doing that all the time, people will be busy. Yeah, I'm sorry. Are you trying to tell me it's a bad thing to be engaged with your customers? Because I'm pretty sure it's not. I think that's the whole point of having it there. But we're moving down this path of automating to the point where we don't engage at all. But in the scope of that automation, you can also deal with customers using automated tools, marketing automation tools that allow you to negotiate based on price targets that you have set at a product level, a SKU level, whatever you want, a style if you want to, you will be able to do those things. And that's the thing about Commerce 3.0 is that today, commerce is you know, unidirectional, if you want to call it that. It's going one way. It's very linear. You know, Here's what you're going to do. You're going to click here. You're going to click on this. You're going to add this to the card. You're going to check out. You're going to pay what I want you to pay. Good luck. Thanks. Here's a fake email that says, I love you, which I really don't. But, you know, but I just want you to feel good so that you come back and buy again. Or do I negotiate with you and know that you'll come back? Better yet, when you negotiate with somebody, do you create deals that have them come back? So imagine in your negotiation with somebody, they say, I would like to have 40% off. And you go, ouch, 40% kind of hurts. Here's my counter offer. I will give you 20% off today. Uh, with your purchase of $100 and a coupon for another 30% off the next time you spend $100 with us. How does that sound? Now what you've created is a higher discount rate that sends them back for the second transaction at a price point that you've already set. Right? So what you're doing is you're engaging and negotiating with them. What are all those levers that you can pull? It could be shipping, it could be fees, it could be just price points, it could be bounce backs and future transactions. There's all, it could be loyalty points if you're down the road with loyalty rewards. I'm not a fan of those because they tend to expire when they expire. My customer experience for me when my rewards that I quote earned expire, I don't really care for that. So this is like saying, customer, you've expired with us. We don't like you anymore. Uh, yeah. So, or it wasn't worth that much the first time, which just to me, it sends the, the wrong message every time. Um, so when you start thinking about 
negotiation, there is a selling price that you have in the market. There is a selling price that you're willing to settle for. There is a selling price that the buyer sees in the market and a selling price that they have in their mind. And somewhere those overlap. And in that overlap, it's not just about price. There could be value. So it's in there, right? We talked about value is a function of price, quality, and service. Hey, I'll upgrade you to the next feature here if you if you want 20% off. I can't do 20% on this, but I can do 20% on this, which is a little bit more expensive, but it's a better quality product, right? You can help them find the things that they want in a better way than just saying, wait for my bounce back emails, wait, wait for my uh, remarketing emails so that you can come back and do maybe what I want you to do. But by that time, you know, every time they go away, the longer that time is, the more likely they are to not shop again. They're going to go away. Um, so the question then becomes in digital commerce, why continue to do what you're already doing? And, and even if you look around today, when you have excess inventory all over your warehouse because it's not churning as fast as you want, consumers are drying up, um, conversion rates, traffic rates are down, you really need to improve conversion in order to hit the numbers that you want. And it's not happening, right? And so what do you do? Well, one of the things you could do is offer to negotiate. What, what would you What would you take? You know, when I ran my retail business, I had a customer that called in. We had these little sculptures. They were cast iron, uh, and it was a rabbit, and it was a little bunny rabbit, so whatever. People thought it was cute. It was like a paperweight. She called us and said, "What would you do?" If, and we did not have a commercial business at the time. She says, "What could we get if we bought a hundred of those?" Oh. Hey, you get a hundred. This is the price point. Here you go. Put them together and ship them out for you today. Right. She asked and guess what she did. She came back again. Hey, can we get some more? Cause she was using them in a bed and breakfast that she owned. And so every customer got a gift of a little bunny to, to remember the bread and bread worked perfectly. She spent about $3,000 with us buying little bunnies over the course of several years. Right. Because she knew she could come back and get it. Hello. I know she's going to come back and get it, which means, I have a predictable revenue stream potentially coming from a customer who likes what she gets with us and that I can recommend other things to her as well, right? So there's a good, good business case for why should you negotiate with your customers? And that is to get them to come back, to get them to engage. They're going to come back to the merchants that do, and they're not going to come back to the ones that don't because they're in search of value. And that value is a function of price, quality, and service. And you're going to need to match that at some point in time in the market. So that's my bot in the conversation today. It's To me, it was a very interesting interesting thing to think about in retail and where we're heading, uh, particularly online and omni-channel. As you look at customers who might research something online, buy it in store or vice versa, they can't find it in the store, so they order it online to get it shipped to the home. Um, your ability to negotiate with customers, because there's an inconvenience for me to go, this happens all the time with hardware stores, where I go to the store and I didn't look close enough on the website to say, oh, it'll ship to the store by 11 o'clock. I'm like, well, it's nine o'clock now. So I've got to sit here for two hours. I'm not sitting here for two hours. Right? There's an inconvenience factor there too. Value, right? Price, quality, service. Um, so for me, I, I don't care for that, but that ends up happening. But do I get any offer? Nope, here it is. Take it. If you don't like it, go somewhere else. Something that goes someplace else that has it in stock in the store, right? So there's a change coming and your ability to embrace that change, to negotiate with your customers and to scale your business because you have people who know that you are fair, that you value their business and that you will work with them to get them the things that they want, where you meet your margin goals and they meet their savings goals. That's how the business is done. 
It informs how you're going to price your products and your categories. It informs how you're going to remarket to customers. It informs everything from sales. Instead of, instead of putting things on clearance at 80% off, what if you allowed customers to come into your store and say, what would you pay for it? Oh, I'll give you 50% off. Okay, well, I would have given you 80. So yeah, sold. I just saved you know, 300 points, right? So it's like you, you start and think about those things and you're like, wait a second, there's a way for you to use tools like this where you can get customers to negotiate with you, to move merchandise, to, to get the things that they want and to come back as loyal customers because they know that they can do it again, right? When you're doing the remarketing, I might get a 10% off. I might get a five. I might get a, hey, you forgot something. I'm like, no, I didn't really forget it. Just didn't want to pay that price, right? Waiting for you to say, okay, here's 10%. Well, maybe 15, will that work? But even at 15% off, were you still well above your margin goal? Yeah, probably. Probably way, way above your margin goal. And so did you waste the sale because you weren't willing to go to 20% off? Or to, what are you willing to do to secure the revenue? Because I can guarantee you, the margin dollars that you get on $0 in revenue is zero. So think about that. So this is Commerce 3.0. I appreciate it. Uh, we're going to talk about a few more content uh, ideas here in the future that are surrounding botnet and negotiating customers. We hope you enjoyed the podcast uh, and make sure that you hit that like button also. Thanks a lot. We'll see you soon.